702 SMS Talk at 9 on 31702. And I see that literally a minute ago, Dr. William Kieser has tweeted out the uh, current COVID-19 statistics. Let me just quickly go through those 364,328 positive cases identified. Um, thus far, we have 191,000 uh, recoveries um, and then uh, 5,033 deaths, uh, 13,449 new cases. And I see that uh, 2.4 million tests have been conducted. Um, and I know that when I say that, then people are going to get, uh, you know, jump down my throat saying that's a test. Those are screening and screening is very different from a test. Unfortunately, guys, remember, I'm not the one um, using uh, making up the terminology. I'm just merely reporting what I'm seeing here. But uh, the situation definitely seems dire. And to help us understand that a bit, as I said, um, in this particular instance is uh, Mr. G. Um, Gerald one one, and I got it right the first time. Now that he's on the line, there, so I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> anyway, let me go to Gerald immediately. Gerald, how are you doing? Good evening. Good evening. Good how evening, and good evening to all your listeners. Great stuff, man. I was just saying now. Uh, I was just quipping that I got your surname correct uh, before you were on the line, and then of course the moment you're on the line, then I then I mess it up. But um, yeah, no. <laughs> That's what happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Severe pressure, mate. Listen, um, we're looking at the, the current situation when we're looking at the econo- economy and the impact that we're feeling as a result of COVID-19. I mean, um, have things improved now that we're at level three and that the lockdown regulations have somewhat receded to some extent? Look, um, from from my personal observation, just to getting out and seeing uh, economic activity doesn't look like things have improved a great deal. Um, if you go through most office parks, they're still looking very deserted. Um, albeit people probably are working from home, but this economy has been driven a lot by consumption. It's been a consumer driven economy and retail is still not up and about. And until the retail economy starts to show signs of recovery, um, I think we're still going to be uh, in challenging times. So now we're looking at over 100 days of lockdown or um, <laughs> just lockdown. And we're now in a situation where companies are really seriously sending out the letters for retrenchment because no business was designed not to make money um, for a quarter of a year. And we're heading towards a half year, probably, um, as a result of the pandemic. So, yes, we are going to go into a deep recession. And unfortunately, South Africa's recession will also affect all its neighbors as well. I mean, that's something that we don't tend to think about, um, that, you know, our economic woes are going to have a knock-on effect on other countries as well. Maybe let's talk about that just for a few seconds, if you don't mind. I mean, um, you make a very valuable point there around our neighbors. Which are the countries that are severely exposed by the South African economy and the fact that if we struggle, then they will also end up struggling in a big way? Well, automatically, you've got Lesotho and Swaziland or Eswatini, um, because those are very small countries which literally depend on everything um, from South Africa. They also supply South Africa with labor. So if people are not working in South Africa, their economies immediately um, feel the hit. Um, further up north, probably you've got Zimbabwe as well, which is already having serious economic troubles. They will only just get worse because there's a large population um, which sends money home 
And if they're not working here, that's going to affect that economy, especially because they're landlocked. And a landlocked country really has um, a few options when it comes to um, economic activity. Uh, similarly, Botswana um, is, is feeling the, the pinch. Um, and so all these countries are going to have depressed um, years in terms of GDP growth. And here, we, we still don't really have that kind of direction because it seems the only money that's flowing in South Africa right now is related to fighting the pandemic or servicing the pandemic in one area or the other because there are big numbers being spoken about with PPE tenders and all sorts of things. But um, the day-to-day economy, which we rely on, is, is still very much depressed. Um, so everything is in the doldrums. Mm. And unfortunately, we are we're hitting that time of the year when traditionally the economy starts to slow down um, as we approach the end of the year. So things are not looking particularly great for 2020. So ultimately, I mean, when we look at all of the results, I mean, there were certain sectors that you looked at uh, in terms of uh, sectors that were heavily affected by COVID-19. Let's look at some of them. Some of them stand out for me automatically because these are the mainstay of our economy, for lack of a better term. I mean, uh, mining stood out for me immediately, uh, which was definitely of concern. Um, And then a couple of others that also, of course, um, immediately uh, jump out at that. I mean, with some of the restrictions uh, eased or some of the restrictions uh, pulled back on, I mean, mining as an example, haven't we seen an improvement there or was the improvement, quite frankly, insignificant? Well, I think we will see an improvement. Um, obviously, mining, because it's an export-driven um, part of our economy, we won't see it directly, but obviously it's good to have the miners back at work. Um, construction is trying to pick up um, retail is still very much down. Agriculture is trying to pick up. Um, but I think right now it's, it's more around um, the health scare itself and that people are realizing the, the real extent to COVID-19. Um, a month or two ago, no one knew a person who has had it. Um, but right now, pretty much everyone knows someone within two degrees of separation who's been affected by the pandemic. We're hearing that hospitals are filling up. So there's a certain air of um, anxiety which is now taking over. And that's, that's leading to um, depressed confidence in itself because people are now reluctant to be as economically active as they were willing to be because this threat is now very real and very present. So let's talk about also, I mean, you, you, you spoke about, uh, you know, it's export driven, which ultimately means that uh, when the platinum, the gold, the coal, the whatever comes out of the ground, it needs to be put onto a ship and sent off. I mean, in terms of travel restrictions, we know that major tra- travel restrictions were put in place. And as a result of that, uh, people can't move, come and go as freely as they want to. So I can't, for example, decide next week that I'd like to go on a lovely Thai holiday or whatever the case may be. But within that, that set of circumstances, though, one would assume that certain industries, especially those uh, that are export dependent, that we would see movement in those spaces where, I don't know, platinum could be sent off or other things could be sent off that are essential to keeping the economy going. What is, what is the state of play there? Okay, now looking at something like the export-driven mining economy, if you take a look at the gold price, gold price is flying. <laughs> Whenever the world goes into any type of recession, gold mm, suddenly mm. becomes, um, you know, the, the, the place to be. So gold and platinum seems to be doing pretty well. Um, but yes, we are also an economy that's driven by tourism. So 
that is going to have a huge impact, and that may take several years. You've got ho- hotels being mothballed, and you know we we will see a lot of B and Bs, Airbnb, and all sorts of um, small activities in that sector probably never recover, never wake up again. Uh, same thing with um, restaurants. Um, there's a lot of uh, challenges there. I was driving around the other day, and I was looking at office parks. The number of offices to let. It's it's a real reflection of what's immediately happening in that people are not able to resume operations. And you know, I, I think look, um from an economic point of view, we, we will have challenges. Um people have been asking how are we funding all the PPE tenders and all this activity and um if we do go and take an IMF loan or relief from there, that's still debt to the country. And who's going to pay it over the long term? Um, we've got a situation where SARS is not collecting what it normally collects. Um, people don't realize how much um, the Treasury actually depends on cigarettes and alcohol duties to, to actually collect a significant amount of VAT and, and sin taxes. So, so we have an environment where we're not collecting as much as we should for Treasury. Treasury is spending more. So the deficit is definitely widening unless something pops up uh, like a jack-in-the-box to fill that hole. Um, we are going to have a legacy as a result of this pandemic, which we'll, we'll probably see in the next year or two when the numbers start settling down. Uh, you know, the, the, what worries me also, uh, Mr. G, is the fact that we, we're sitting here with a country where we know first quarter results and we're still waiting second quarter results, which I'm pretty sure would, would spell doom, is, uh, doom and gloom as well. But you know very well that we came out of a first quarter which basically told us that we're in a state of recession, which is no mm. surprise. Um, and then, obviously, that second quarter is really when uh, we felt the the draws of, of COVID-19, the lockdown and everything else related to it, uh, clamp down on this nation. Um, also taking into account that we're sitting on a 30% unemployment rate. I'm sure that that number is going to increase significantly as well. So there's a lot of woes that you and I can sort of list um, in this discussion. I mean, looking at what the situation was what the situation is in terms of the statistics that we're receiving. I mean, things are quite frankly not looking good. Look, I think we can only be optimistic for the future, but yes, in reality, unemployment will go up. Our Section 189 letters issued South African Airways, um, a lot of companies are simply in that. And we forget about the small businesses, which are really the engine of the country, and a lot of small businesses are simply never going to, to, to recover. And also... Remember that the trading environment has changed. So if you, even if you were a restaurant and you're given permission to open again, albeit with social distancing, people's behavior has changed. People are now ordering um, for online de- delivery. Um, so we need to say to the business people out there, try and follow where the money is going now. Um, I was speaking to a colleague a few days ago, and they said one of the areas which is seeing significant growth is uh, supermarket um, online ordering. And obviously that goes hand-in-hand with delivery services. So if you have a vehicle, that's the place you probably want to put it right now. Your motorbike or your vehicle, um, online deliveries are booming simply because everybody's sitting at home. And probably that's an area where you might see a little bit of new activity and new businesses forming there. Um, But a lot of traditional businesses are simply, even if they're allowed to open tomorrow, not going to have customers to keep them going.
I, you know, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, Mr. G, that uh, you know you've 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 obviously spoken about the emergence of new businesses and new opportunities, and I guess that's always the one thing that we look forward to during a moment of crisis. Is uh, you know they say never waste a good crisis. So there's always this hope that you have a situation whereby uh, new business opportunities arise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now suddenly, um, you know, the online space as an example has given us new opportunities in the form of web. And, and instead of being an MC in a uh, a crowded uh, you know facility or venue, uh, now we're obviously doing things via webinars and all of that. That's wonderful stuff. Um, we're also seeing the increase in online deliveries or online uh, ordering because I'd rather take the risk or not take the risk, but I'd rather call someone or order something via an app and have it delivered by a, via a scooter as opposed to walking into a shop and standing the risk of catching COVID-19 from someone there, which is also wonderful. But all of those things can come to an abrupt halt if this economy doesn't swing around and people actually have the money to buy their favorite takeaways or buy from their favorite restaurant, isn't it? And that for me is my biggest worry. Well, definitely, because obviously all the areas we're talking about are retail and consumption-based. And exactly. if people don't have jobs, they're not ordering. <laughs> so, you know, um, what's generally happening right now is people are running through whatever savings they had, and obviously those savings don't last forever. And once people don't have savings and don't have income, you start to really face reality where we go into that deep recessionary environment where, you know, the economy needs something to pick it up. Um, and often, you know, it needs to be something big, um, a sporting event or something really significant. Um, if you look at the Great Depression of the 30s, the only thing that took the, the, the world out of that de- depression was a world war. So, yes, um, I think the, the medium-term to long-term outlook um, is, is looking worrying because as much as um, there are areas and small pockets of growth in new sectors which are forming, um, the vast majority of our country um, is is actually in slowdown. So, for, so what is the way forward? Because I think that there's nothing better than a an opportunity to reset, and I think this is it, isn't it? Because for all intents and purposes, the vast majority of our economy has been destroyed, right? Um, and and we need to go through a rebuilding process. So, I guess my first part of this sort of final question is. Where to from year now in terms of resetting the economy? Does this give us the opportunity to recalibrate and to say, but hang on a second. Um, we've been going wrong about how we're building this thing called the South African economy. And these are some of the things that we can do now in an effort to build it properly. Um, this, these are some of the things that we can start doing in order to make sure that it's actually sustainable, less consumptive, um, less extractive. And this is how we can build a new economy. Does that opportunity exist now? I think we do have that moment of um, opportunity. The best thing we can really um, know is that this crisis is not affecting South Africa alone. So as much as all the pointers, all the statistics are not looking good, it's not just South Africa, it's in the entire world. So we can pretty much reset ourselves in our position in the world, um, probably shift our economy so from being so consumption and retail driven back to the factories. So right now, you know, let's get some of that factory space back up and production 
back localized because what we've learned is that with COVID-19 and the world using China as its supply chain, when China was closed, the whole world really started to see um, how much they'd become reliant on a single country. So those are pockets of opportunity where we can say certain strategic areas, let's get that manufacturing back up. Um, let's localize some of the important um, materials which we were dependent on for, for, from other countries. And, and even with, with areas such as healthcare, you start to see how underdeveloped we were in terms of capacity. So there, there will be areas in which we can start immediately starting to reset the needle. Um, and the world economy as, 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 a, as a whole will change. I think um, a lot of the experts and the scientists are saying that COVID-19 is just the beginning of how the world will be in future. Um, these pandemics are now going to come more frequently. So social distancing might be a permanent feature of how we live going forward. So there is that opportunity of saying that the world, we, are, we are resetting into an environment which hasn't existed before. Um, and and that's, that's the only hope or glimmer of hope we can put out there. But then it speaks to our education in that are we educating um, for the first, fourth industrial revolution and for the new world? Because a lot of what we knew as, as the, the normal will not exist again going forward. I hear what you're saying, um, and, and you know that for me is is ultimately some of the things that we can start looking at in terms of uh, you know changing our way of thinking. Education speaks to making changes for the next next decade, decade and a half, and then from there we start sort of uh, being this country that is able to harness its current situation and and you know work with it. That's all well and fine. What worries me a lot of the time. In, in, you know, especially when we're having conversations like these, is obviously the obvious elephant in the room. And that is how do we start fixing things in the short to medium term? Because that, for me, uh, will make it or break it. I mean, this is the type of situation where we can end up with a completely shattered economy and none yes. of us want that. So what is the plan I mean, for the short to medium term for, look, for us to be able to start term, surviving? Short to medium term, I would simply say is politics. That's the elephant in the room. Um, unless we have political will and political unity and we can drive out this thing called corruption, because even um, in, the, in these times of crisis, we are hearing some really disturbing stories of corruption um, going on. That's not good. So we need to also realize the biggest elephant in the room which will direct the economy is probably the politics of the country. If we do not get the politics right in the short to medium term, um, this recession might never end. Um, we will go into the places which we've always dreaded about talking about. Um, and I think corruption is an elephant in the room. The politics are, is an elephant in the room. And unfortunately, the only way South Africans can behave there is by voting. But by the next election, it might be too late. So we simply hope that we can find the political leadership which can direct the economy at this particular time. Um, so I saw a video by one of um, the leading motivational speakers speaking about um, that relationship between politics and the economy. And unfortunately, you cannot divorce the two. And if the politics doesn't start to function um, in, a, in a way that's positive, um, that will simply continue to drag down the economy. 
Mr. G, thank you so much for your time this evening. I mean, for me, it's an extremely important conversation. Um, it's a conversation that needs to, that we need to continue having because ultimately we can't be uh, faced with, you know, with the situation that just seemingly is getting worse and worse and worse. And we're hoping for COVID to go away one day and then get back to worrying about the economy, worrying about education, worrying about all the other stuff that needs to be an ongoing project uh, during all of this. I guess the big question is how do we do that? How do we strike the balance in doing that? whilst faced with this massive crisis? Definitely, definitely. We all hope for the best. We can't go anywhere else. But the, our only saving grace is that the whole world is currently under recession. So there is a glimmer of hope that if we get our acts together, we can recover with the rest of the world. But the last thing we want is to be left behind. Thank you so much. All the best to you. Great stuff. That was Mr. G. Um, he is, of course, uh, you know, in, in the economic and financial space, specifically looking at the impact that COVID-19 has had. And it has had a massive, massive cascading effect on our, um, you know, on our economy. Now, uh, Gerald Mwandiambira, um, also known as Mr. G, is a financial expert, entrepreneur, author, as well as a financial planner. And, um, yeah, giving us some insight into what is happening currently with the South African economy.